Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. And you know those Chinese boxes, one inside the other, inside the other, inside the other. I feel like I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the last box. You son of a bitch! The great and has spoken. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Who are you? Who are you? A very bad man. I'm a very good man. Good man. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, I, I was an idiot. I, I honestly, I, I just don't know what came over me. But 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 now I, I realize you're the only co-host for me. <laughs> will, will you take me back? I'll take you back, but it's <laughs> it's going to be on a trial basis. Um, you know the way that I feel. I, I feel like you. It was like indecent. Propo- you got indecent proposaled, and I've always said to myself, if the money without it, without the money, without it, the like money, even a dime. Well, you know, we get we we get the we get the listeners. You know, I I profited off of your whoredom, so I can't blame you too much uh, for doing it. So as long as you bring me the results that, of the medical test showing that you're clean. It would be like if Robert Redford came up to my wife and be like, yes, I, I'd like to sleep with your wife. Anything like, that's it? You just want to sleep with my Yep. I just <laughs> your that's it. Uh, I'm David Pizarro from Cornell University, currently at Duke. You know, you're right. We did get a nice listener bump. So thanks to the Partially Examined Life guys. I had a good time uh, yeah, on their podcast. But, and by the time this is out, hopefully theirs is out as well. That I think uh, it'll be close. I'm not sure which yeah. one's coming out first. So, but I heard your precog a little bit of it at least the, the part that I could stand. I honestly like just speaking into a microphone by yourself is <laughs> not something I intend to do. I don't know how people like, do that. I, yeah, I don't. I really, it's a different breed of person who can just sit in a microphone and talk without any audience. I don't know if you imagine. Did you imagine an audience? Did you like imagine my face right there? I imagined an audience and I imagined them naked so I wouldn't be nervous about the audience being there. And yeah, so all of a sudden there's a naked audience in front of me. <laughs> Were you just watching porn in the background? Is this your way of saying that you just have porn going on? <laughs> yeah, speaking of listeners, we have, we've gotten some nice support from y'all. From y'all. From and, y'all. And if you would like to support us and haven't yet, you go to our support page, click on the Amazon link, and then a portion of what you buy will come to us at no extra charge to you. Or you could make a donation on PayPal. And I, th- I think we've said this before, but we're really going to follow through on it. We're going to do um, an episode, hopefully, that's largely made up of responses to some of the, the good emails and tweets that we've gotten from. Yeah, we've gotten some really interesting and cool emails and please keep them coming we've done our best to respond to as many as we can and um, we will devote at least a segment if not an entire episode to some of the best emails there are a lot of smart people listening to us it makes me sort of embarrassed yeah Um, especially when they point out our clear lack of information or knowledge in a particular (laughs) yeah which we we tend to have i don't know everything guys (laughs) Just to have some idea what it is that we're very confidently bashing um, would be, I think, something that someone could reasonably expect of us. We got a lot of feedback on the on the robot killer robots episode, and you know, I actually did more preparation for that than I ever do because for both you and me, it's a domain that's admittedly sort of stretching our knowledge. It was also, I mean, it's it's this was why I was hesitant to do the topic, and probably still a lot more hesitant than you are just about the episode itself just because it's such it's so divorced from our experience unlike what we're going to talk about today uh raising (laughs) children gender toys like we know some something about that we know nothing about war we know nothing about what it feels like to be in a war what it feels like i know about robots the target of uh drones and you in particular know nothing about what computers are capable of so that was uh, (laughs) (laughs) so you know all around it was a little difficult (laughs) yeah but uh but still i thought some interesting stuff came out of it the good news is that now 
I get to choose a topic at some point in the future. Yes, maybe. because this, you've because you've struggled with. I've just been your bitch when it comes to topics. <laughs> yeah, all those fucking movie episodes that I push on you. Our most popular episodes. Is that what you're referring to? Exactly. So, so uh, we had some fun last time, also at the expense of a new movie, God is Not Dead, and how they portrayed the atheist uh, philosophy professor who makes their students write God is not dead on the, and, and sign their name to it on the first day of class. So here's – there's a new movie that's sort of it's, – it's different. It's a documentary, but it's about the new atheist movement called The Unbelievers. Richard, what's more important in some sense, if you had a choice, which is to explain science or destroy religion? There's no one whose views are not subject to question. Science is wonderful. Science is beautiful. Religion is not wonderful. It's not beautiful. It gets in the way. And I think we follow people who have courage to think about things that we haven't thought about before. Ladies and gentlemen, the dynamic duo of science. There is a sense of arrogance, a kind of smugness to the new atheist movement, the topic of this uh, unbelievers. And uh, I want to give a shout out to a former student of mine, uh, Ami Palmer, who has a blog called Mission to Transition. And he actually alerted me to the existence of this movie. And he went to like a screening of it where it's, and we'll put the link up. Uh, it was a Q&A also with the stars, Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss. And the way he put it was, well, he says, the unbelievers is to atheists what I've heard God is not dead is to Christian fundamentalists. It was basically one big circle jerk. <laughs> and I think that does sort of very accurately describe the new atheist movement. They're just so proud of themselves and they're so smug. And, they're, and, and you know, it's like that South Park episode where they just lean down and smell their farts and they love the smell of their own farts. <laughs> so much better here with intellectuals, isn't it, boys? <laughs> it's it's fucking insufferable and it's I, I, the idea that it could convince anybody uh, even somebody like me who is, is a non-believer i am an unbeliever and i find myself so turned off by their attitude their their certainty they have it right about immensely complex empirical question of whether religion has done more harm than good they are completely confident without being experts in any way on history or uh, you know sociology and and psychology and and it's just frustrating so given that i believe what they believe yeah and this is an interesting our backgrounds are very different here i for a large part of my life was a firm believer and then it just sort of died out slowly i've never really embraced the identity of of somebody who as somebody who doesn't believe um because it just went from meaning something to not meaning like believing went from meaning a lot to not meaning a lot to me. Um, and so actually, you know, at the end, I'm not that bothered by these guys. And, and I was trying to think why it's so much more, uh, annoying to you than it is to me. And, and part of it is maybe I think I was raised fighting so hard against any claim by, by non-believers that to, to me, it's like, eh, they're not going to convince anybody, but they're not bothering me that much. My question to you is how could they be doing a better job or should they even be talking about their non-belief in God? Should they just be talking about science? You know, that's the tragedy of this whole thing for me is that Richard Dawkins, who is one of my favorite just science writers, uh, maybe my favorite science writer. I don't think anybody could explain. I know there's controversy over self-esteem theory now, but let's, you know, he wrote that in 1977. Uh, he wrote The Blind Watchmaker, The Extended Phenotype, which I think made my our top five books episode. And yeah, I would love it if he talked about science and didn't devote 90% of his energy to trashing religion. That's, that's, that's the first thing. I think the second thing is to stop strawmanning their, their religious op opponents. For them, if you, if you are a believer you know, in any sort of uh, traditional religion like Christianity or Islam, you are a fundamentalist. Any, any sort of sophistication to your view is just glossed over. And, you know, any person that I know, and both of us, 
know a lot of people the kinds of people that they say religious people are i don't know any of those people now i don't travel in those circles but even my relatives my orthodox jewish relatives some of whom won't talk to me because i married a non-jewish woman you know they won't invite me to the weddings they won't invite me you know like i did something that was kind of unforgivable even uh, to them even they don't have the, the the kind of stereotypically fundamentalist perspectives that the new atheists portray religious people right. as embracing. So, well, but, um, one, but, but, but it's because you are missing. I think that, that Orthodox Judaism probably is a whole different beast than, than fundamentalist Christianity and even fundamentalist Islam. I also think it's, for some people, I think it's really important for them to believe what they believe. And it's uh, just because... You know, I think Dawkins, like me, just doesn't care whether there's a God or not. Like, it just doesn't bother him at all. He's psyched that there's no God. (laughs) And so projects that on the rest of humanity. But it's just not like that. For some people, it's deeply troubling. And the good Dawkins was trying to show just how amazing the world is when you embrace a scientific or naturalist perspective. That's fine. But, you know, for some people... This, this, this means a lot to them and just being mocked. I, I, you know, here's the thing. Ultimately, I hate this kind of herd mentality, demagoguery, mob kind of – I, I don't like when a big group of people is sitting there laughing to themselves about how stupid everybody else is. Like that – there's something about that that just viscerally I can't stand. Yeah. Okay, so a couple things. One, I agree with you about the variety of reasonableness that you're going to find in in religious people, and I want to I want to say that uh, it's because it's very meaningful to me. My grandfather, who is is still alive, and he's he's in his nineties. He's the person most responsible for getting me interested in science and teaching me about science from a very young age, giving me books, teaching me. He took me when I was very young, twelve, thirteen to Caltech, to JPL Labs, to see a talk by Richard Dawkins that was... Um, and my grandfather is a creationist. My grandfather took me to see Dawkins' talk, and, and it, was just a, it was just a pure anti-creationist tirade, mocking creationism. And my grandfather took me to that. He took me... I got to see Carl Sagan. I got to see... I think it was the Magellan or the Voyager that was passing through Jupiter's moons, all this stuff, love of science I got from my grandfather, who is a believer. Those are the people, you know, I think that Dawkins and others are looking at TV fundamentalists, and that's the audience who they're, who they're addressing. And, but I can at least accept the frustration that they might have with those people, because those people, there are a lot of them. They, they basically dominate large portions of our public policy outcomes whenever there's an election, right? I think they dominate a portion of our public policy outcomes, but I don't think they, that they dominate it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's... I mean, they have, a, they have a huge influence on a lot of policies. Presumably, we find to be objectionable because of something like gay marriage. So I don't deny that, yes, religion can get in the way of something that I... And for bad reasons can get in the way of something that we would consider to be moral progress. So I accept that, and I still don't like the new atheist. Well, you know, uh, I think that – and I'm in, I'm in fundamental agreement with you about the following claim to me is very uncontroversial. Don't be a dick, right? Like don't be a dick to anybody. And if you think that being a dick to people is going to make them change their mind about something, then you're just wrong. I think I've grown up around so many smug religious people – that to me, like this is like a drop in the bucket of smugness. It's kind of like a sideshow for me. But it's know. not that I disagree that there is just that like I, I, I've been around so much smug religion growing up that, that – Yeah, um, I guess I haven't. And I've been around very religious people, especially, you know, my relatives. I mean they <laughs> Who don't are, even invite you to – They win. are 54 – yeah, exactly. 5,400, yeah. but not, but they don't smugly not invite me to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they're not, you're, not, you're not there. Let's talk about something I think we, we might disagree about, at least to some extent. So let's uh, come back next segment and we'll talk about whether your child should have a balanced toy diet.
Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards. So <laughs> you had pointed out, and we posted this on Facebook. We'll post it again. Show notes, uh, verybadwizards.com slash episodes slash 45. An article in uh, a UK online site, Express, called Girls and Boys Do Have Different Brains. Should they have different toys? And this is what you're referring to as the toy diet. And um, I hesitate to even call this a reporting on a study because I can't find the study and they don't cite it. But uh, I believe that somebody did this and reported it. Uh, scientists in Pennsylvania scanned 1,000 8 to 22-year-olds and found that male brains appeared to be wired front to back and were better at spatial skills, whereas female brains crisscrossed from left to right, which might explain how they could cope with several tasks at once. Can we can just stop for one second yeah. there? Found that male brains appeared to be wired back to front <laughs> and were better at Spatial skills. Right. So what does that mean? That the I, brains were better at spatial skills? Or yeah, no, clearly the males, that the were, males better were better at spatial, at spatial skills, which is not a brain finding at all. Right? It's just that obviously you have to do a behavioral task to know whether they're better at spatial and skills. And what does that mean wired front to back as opposed to crisscross? This – I have no idea. I I assume that it was some claim about about maybe the density of, of connections, but this can't – this, this – <laughs> Look, and it turns out not to be that important because I don't think that the brain stuff has much to do with the claim. What this says is that men are better at spatial skills, females are better at multitasking. Is yes, that, yes. Is, is that what they found? Right, which you wouldn't need any brain study to find. And, and, and in fact, no brain study could tell you that. <laughs> could not tell you that <laughs> yeah. unless you had so well correlated brain activity with spatial skills already. That you could you could infer. So the, the, read then, the next paragraph. Yeah, the, <laughs> then it says so. Parents could be forgiving, forgiven for concluding that it doesn't matter if girls play with Disney princesses all day and can't read maps. They are just acting out their biological destiny. Okay, I, I want to say that they. I don't think parents could be forgiven for concluding <laughs> that. I really like. I think that is an unforgivable c- conclusion. Right. So based on the previous paragraph, it's. Playing with Disney princesses apparently is something that's very consistent with crisscross brain wiring. Point out and is Disney princesses apparently like you're doing a lot of tasks at once when you play with. Now my bullshit detector is so high right now. I, we need. Yep. By the way, by the time you're eight, you know, which is the youngest kids in this in this group, all of that wiring could have been completely done through socialization. If it really is a difference. Next paragraph. Actually, <laughs> the opposite is true. Say those who know. Those who know. <laughs> Those who know say this. Uh, I can't believe this is an article. Right. Our brain wiring isn't set. It changes depending on what we do with it, especially in oh, the I first 10 years. I mean, you is know, this really something that, pe- that, 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 that this is reporting? This is you know, really you know, our brain wiring isn't set? It's not like you're born with one brain and that's just it and the wiring just doesn't change for the rest of your life? That's you know news. The, I like to just insert the word body whenever brain Whenever they use the word brain, it's like, did you know that boys and girls do, in fact, have physical differences in their bodies? But that doesn't mean that you can't exercise. People who exercise will develop greater upper body strength, you know? (laughs) So 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 by by the premise that that, uh, they're wired differently, but it's malleable, okay, whatever follows. That's true to an extent. Obviously, boys and girls are going to have slightly different brain organizations and wiring and obviously even (laughs) more obviously screamingly obviously that will that can change based on experience right but simply put this is the i guess the the researcher that they interviewed simply put your brain is what you do with it so if your son spends all day building robots out of Lego, the parts of his brain responsible for spatial skills will work brilliantly. Again, this is like if your son spends all day shooting free throws, he's going to become really good at shooting free throws, right? But if your daughter spends her days grooming her toy pony, those circuits won't be so active, mm-hmm. though the nurturing ones might be. 
That's how what starts out as a tiny difference ends up as a big gap. So, but here's the part that I find to be, I, I, I might get out it's of the, the, It's the conclusion that bugs you. It's, not... it's the assumptions behind it that bug me. In other words, by giving children a wider range of toys and experiences, parents can help them develop a properly rounded brain. So here's where I'm, yeah, academic orthodoxy and me might, about might be about to part ways here it's not to say they that a girl can't play with a doll or a boy shoot a toy gun so they're not going to ban girls from playing with dolls or boys shooting toy guns but they should also have access to other toys as part of a balanced play diet there's something about this Mm. that bugs me why would you necessarily need or want your children to be rounded in this way, I mean, obviously, if they want to, if they should have access to other toys, of course. But the but but so so you, what does that mean that you, they should have access that they shouldn't be like locked up in a room like? Or I mean, like this, that? this like, is why I ask what, the audience is because I take it that who they're arguing against are people who want if a if a little kid picks up his little boy picks up his sister's doll that they would say no boys don't play with dolls and then take it away. Yeah, I'm right. sure some people still do that, right? So if that's the point, then yes, obviously. <laughs> but I guess what strikes me as, as troublesome about this, because you see this sometimes, is the idea of forcing children to play with toys that they don't want to play with so that they would have a balanced play <laughs> diet. Like the diet analogy, I think, is what bugs me. because so You don't want your daughter to have like equal parts boy toys, boy brain. Well, like I want her to play with what she wants to play with. And you know, like make her play with one hour of G.I. Joe's every day <laughs> so that she has a balanced diet. Like right. the, the, the analogy like bugs me. Like we do make her eat vegetables <laughs> so that she has a balanced diet, like, right. like greens and stuff like that. And, you know, like that's that's important because we have an agreed upon definition of what a healthy person is is for the right. most part and and we have some sense of the kind of foods you need to be you need to eat to to be healthy but the idea that it's so obvious that the healthy child is going to be gender rounded or whatever in this way that bugs me a little bit especially if you're forcing kids it's hard enough being a kid right now with how overprotective parents are no independence i mean what do you think about this cuz i'm just uh, going to get i'm just going to get in trouble I mean, what bothers me about this is that it's the worst kind of start with this conclusion that that we shouldn't raise our kids to endorse stereotypes. Right. I agree with that 100 percent. Right. Right. And now try to find like some weak ass brain study that then you spin into some sort of support. And in the process, you add some sort of normative claim about exactly why it's not just that it's a moral like to me, it's an ethical mandate that you that you try to raise children in ways that they won't like think this is what girls have to do. This is what boys have to do. We both have girls. We, we want them. We don't want to give them Barbie dolls that say like math is hard or whatever. Well, maybe you do. If my daughter brings home an A on our math test, which she often does, I punish her. But yeah. <laughs> why isn't that enough? Like why why does there have to be some notion of a balanced brain? Like, you know, your your brain is is a little too crisscrossy. Let's get it a little bit more front to back. so that. <laughs> but I do agree that as an ethical, in general, as an ethical claim, I think that it's good to make sure there are a lot of subtle ways in which we communicate gender stereotypes to our kids, right? And so studies show that from very, very early on, like from the day they're born, people talk to, you know, they get these babies and obviously you can't tell when a baby's clothed if it's a boy or girl. And uh, so they put it in a little pink outfit and people are already treating it differently they they tell the little baby girls how pretty they are and they're gentle with them and they're rough with the boys and they talk differently to them i'm sure that has a huge effect like but but i I do think that we should really be aware about about like making sure that we're not feeding gender stereotypes it's really easy for us to like get our girls disney princess shit and and they don't even see it as an option in many cases to but like, they, I mean, look, you have a girl, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they like that shit. I, I agree. I and agree. They naturally and like any... it, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's just nothing fucking wrong with, with a girl liking girly girl stuff. I don't like the idea that parents – what look, the, the, the sort of implicit assumption here is that the ideal is that there's equality – 
not just in terms of their opportunities and in terms of how they're treated in the workplace, and, but, but that, that they actually should be disposed to want and like the same things. And I just don't see why that's a moral good. Well, I, I think that it is because I think that there is, if anything, there are from, from very, very subtle to very, very explicit ways in which we communicate to young girls. We don't even realize it. Like just turning the channel more to like princess shit. If they show initial preference for princesses, like to, I think that we should go out of our way to make the effort to expose them more to masculine, like stereotypically male toys and male activities. Because I think that if we don't do that explicitly, we're subtly and unconsciously communicating the opposite. That's such a leap. If we don't actually get them and and try to coerce them into more wait, masculine wait, what, what, kinds what? of activities, then we're supporting wait, gender wait. stereotypes? How, you're I accusing me of a leap and you're using the word coerce? When did I say coerce? I said expose. I said there's, there's a subtle way in which you might actually, when it comes to your daughter's first birthday party, you get princess-themed stuff. She didn't have a choice at that point, right? But you buy the princess-themed stuff. So there you're already doing... So why not just think about it and say, you know what, man? Fuck it. My daughter's going to be Batman-themed party like okay, on her second birthday. first of all, birthday. as anybody with kids know, and I'm surprised you don't, like the first two birthday parties are just for adults to get drunk at. The kid doesn't <laughs> care. So you invite a bunch of adults over and you drink. And you don't, and and you no don't have any themes. There's no, none of that shit. All right, if there's ever any princess thing, which I guess she has had one birthday party. You're, you're sheltered. You're sheltered. You, you don't know, you don't see what parents do to their two-year-olds. They put them in fucking tiaras and they give them princess birthday parties. That's uh, not true. You have your whole life to have birthday parties <laughs> that are themed on the kid that you have that that just suck. Birthday parties start to suck from probably the time they're three to the time that they're I don't know. They do nine. fine. The very first time the you have a is, themed gotta, party, gotta, yeah. The, well, the very first time you have a themed party for your daughter, whatever age it is, you know what's wrong. I, I think that what we obviously do is we take them to the target aisle with the with the girly decorations. And we don't take them to the target aisle with the boy decoration. We ask them. I don't know. Like maybe that's what you – we ask Eliza no, what I kind do. of birthday party she wants to have. And if she says princess, we'll do princess. If she yeah, says, so you think it's coercing? Sometimes she says I want to go to the park and then we do the park. I want to do it on uh, chimpanzees. So it's a chimpanzee but they're uh, soci- birthday party. But they're getting it's a dance soci- party. It's they're a, getting whatever. socialized left and right. What's the problem if you say, hey, let's walk down this aisle. Is there anything here that you like? Is that co- That's not coercion. What's no, wrong with that's that? That's fine, of course. Right? Yeah. Like, I, it, is that all you're saying? Just walk down an aisle with them? Well, somewhere between walk down an aisle with them and like forcing them to have a, you know, like a fucking karate themed party when they are crying that they want a princess. I just think that that it's really easy to think that you're being normal and balanced and presenting all of the options. I think it takes a little effort. I think that society is bombarding little girls. So you're saying girls that we have with, to make the effort to make sure that they at least know that it's an option. That it's to have it would be totally cool if they did, and that that they yeah yeah because they're getting bombarded left and right for, with fucking Disney princess shit from not just you. You're not the only influence on your daughter's life. You know, it's the kind of commercials that they see when they're watching a cartoon. It's they show the girls playing with the princesses during the commercials. They show the boys playing with the trucks. Come on, make a little effort. I guess. I uh, Maybe, but I'll tell you this, that I've been to a lot of fucking birthday parties in the last yeah, around four a bunch years, of liberal and none people. of them have been like... Because uh, you're around a bunch of liberal academics. What are you talking about? I don't live... None of, the pe- none of Eliza's friends at the school she goes to are liberal academics. I, I don't think kids are as crammed into these stereotypical <laughs> roles as you people like to think. <laughs> Well, we people do studies, and we show that it's true. So by the time, by the time Give girls me a study, Give okay. Me a study. Okay. By the time girls are in mid to late elementary school, they're already developing implicit negative attitudes towards math. Whereas in early elementary school, they don't have those attitudes. Uh, teachers are more likely to call on uh, boys and reward them for having the correct mathematical answers. There's all kinds of research, dude. There's no. Don't pretend like you've actually looked. And then tell me that there's not, there's tons, there's like very, very subtle to very, very extraordinarily non-subtle pressures to feminize our, our girls. 
what's the matter with making a little bit of an effort and 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 putting them in front of the boy aisle a little bit longer? I, I guess that's the thing. That's where, I guess we have an ethical disagreement, and I'm not sure if we even do or not, or if we just disagree about the the state of affairs. Of we want, disagree like, about the state of affairs. Here's the thing. I, all right. Last thing I want to say from my point of view, because I know everyone's going <coughs> to hate me on this, even though I'm <laughs> so good-hearted and big-hearted. And it's when Paul said, it's, or maybe when you said something about how interviews shouldn't be influenced by whether the person's charming or, like, funny or attractive or you have to figure out, like, that's why interviews are bad because all these uh, biases come in. And right. I haven't formalized this yet. When I do, it'll be like a breakthrough and <laughs> philosophical thought. There's this sort of implicit ideal in which there's, I don't know, there's something platonic about it or Kantian where the only thing that should matter is this noumena, some sort of rationalist conception of the soul is the only the thing that you're should matter, and we should work to eliminate every other difference and influence. I don't that... know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I swear. How, how does a simple claim about basic, basic different gen- gender inequality and differences in the way that we treat our daughters versus our sons, like how does that have anything to do with Kant's metaphysics? I mean, it's like you're denying. You just want to deny that this shit happens. It's like. I want to let kids play with the toys they want to play with. All right. How do they, how do they decide what they want to play with? You, you have some sort of – you think that they make their preferences in a vacuum. Only I don't. That's by- the thing. That, no. You're assuming that the only way they can be playing with the toys that they really, in this like Kantian platonic sense, want to play with is if it's – that they haven't been influenced by anything either that's, externally that's, or internally through their brain wiring. That's or absolutely not what I'm saying. I, I, I want yes, I understand that the reason that they want to play with certain toys is in part because they've seen TV shows and they have friends. And, that and you don't put think that those TV shows and, and that, friends yeah, and society and is, whatever. is like sexist? I understand that 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 will influence. To you don't not, think that those influence are direction? Those influences are directional in. In making women, these. maybe they, maybe they, those influences make them more likely to want to play with dolls, maybe. and yeah. that's the part I just don't see anything wrong with. So then they play with dolls. Then they want to play with dolls, and they're happy when they play with dolls. And I don't see that. And then maybe for boys, because it's always this is always focused on girls. Maybe boys the influences to play with guns and dinosaurs and whatever, and so that makes them want to play with guns and dinosaurs yeah, in both cases and whatever so but, but, so what like so so then that's what they play with and they're happy but because the thing they, is i don't need think another that they premise have, that i don't they should be wanting to play with the same toys that's your that's, end it's not my premise and you're being so thick-headed about this the premise is that the there are subtle gender stereotypical communications that go along with the kinds of activities and toys that girls are encouraged to play with that make them more subservient, less technically minded, less likely to go in. If you, if the problem is we're not getting girls into science enough, I think that preferences, your kids' preferences come from somewhere, right? They might yeah. have personality, right? So you're saying, like, why not let society and commercials and their friends tell them what to play with? All I'm saying is you're a parent. You can actually say, like, hey, you, why not get your daughter an ant farm instead of the fucking princess whatever from Disney? Yeah, like, I mean, look, I do that all the time. Like, it mostly involves movies, kinds of movies I want her to watch. Like, she's just never been allowed to watch the Disney, uh, all those Disney shows and stuff Well, why like are you that. being so, so coercive? What if she wants to watch I, I, the Disney shows? It's directional. No, what if she wants to I want to you watch to think them? more and think more like a boy and want to do, and want to do things more like a boy. Look, I, I, this it's is, not even Eliza about- is a bad example because her strong subjects, the strongest subjects for her are math and science. That's what she's best at. And so, all the and, and somehow like playing with Barbies and playing with American girls 
hasn't stopped her from being able to both and like and enjoy and be really good at math and science. That's the difference between somebody who looks at data across the population and somebody who uses their own kid as a way to argue their point. Okay, fine. If you can show me, I will totally change my mind me? about this. If you Are can you show me a study that has that shows a direct correlation between whether a child plays with dolls and their ability to perform well That's, on math my and, claim and math isn't and about dolls classes. and dinosaurs. I, I just my claim is my claim isn't about dolls and dinosaurs, you dumbass. It's about the pernicious influence of early communications that are gender stereotyped in a way that makes women less likely to want to go into math and science. What, what is the whole problem we're talking about when we're talking about STEM education and women in science? And, and what is the, what is the has, root of the problem? It doesn't it – do, like I honestly think – I think there's a problem. And I, I, I don't well, think don't it has anything to, to do it. with what kind of toys they play with. I honestly what? don't. Look, you're focusing on toys. I'm, I'm talking about early environmental influences that are directionally gendered in this way that is keeping, is maintaining this sort of right. women are weak. Women so I'm are not trying scientists. to talk about the actual topic of the article, which is that the children... <laughs> that is one aspect here, of it. That is one aspect of, of these societal communications. I don't understand why you're so opposed to thinking that the way in which we market to we had fucking barbies that said I'm math not, is hard I, i'm not opposed to it are you really arguing that marketing doesn't influence little kids i'm not arguing that marketing doesn't influence of course marketing and are you not arguing really that kids. those gender directional stereotypes might play a role in why girls aren't as interested in science and math when it comes to high school and college that, honestly, that's something I don't – I haven't looked at the, the research about. What I am against, as I've said from the beginning, is designing your parenting around trying to get your child to play with the kind of <laughs> toys that you think will lead to this gender – or properly rounded in a gender-neutral kind of way – you know, experience. That's the, that's what I'm against. I, I think mean, kids, I think... I'm very much like I, I, this is a, this is part of a broader rant that I have about the fact that the kids right now, the way they're growing up is the parents are way, way too fucking involved in every aspect of their lives. And I, this doesn't need to be another way in which parents try to force kids to behave in certain ways and like certain things and act in certain things. It just doesn't need to be another one of those. Things. I think if you don't make an effort, sometimes it's easy. The, the easy route will be to follow all of the marketing and follow all of the societal messages. And here's where I agree with you. It shouldn't be about boy and girl. I, I don't think that the message is make your daughter more like a boy or make your boy, your son, more like a girl. It should be that this is, these are bullshit stereotypes to begin with, that princesses shouldn't be marketed to girls any more than tanks should be marketed to boys. Like, but, it's just, but, but that's not how capitalism works. Girls like princesses more. That's why they're, they're, not, trying to, they're not trying to enforce gender stereotypes. They're trying to sell dolls. Yeah, and so if, girls if you try like to science, market them to so boys, you're saying, they Basically, don't you're saying them. girls like science less, too, naturally. I, I, we were talking about dolls, yeah. right? So what about science Do you science not toys? agree that science girls toys are, are a better like, marketing target for dolls than boys for whatever the reasons are? That's just why they're doing it. I, you want a government to control? Do you not agree that science toys like chemistry sets and dinosaur kits or whatever are marketed more toward boys? I agree. Right. Because, so what they're, they're, because, because they, they like buy them Because they buy them more. You it's, you think they're just doing that's it like out of, uh, like to serve pure because evil? Because boys like they science want more. To, they want to like the goal of these companies isn't to make money. Their goal is to enforce the stereotype, and if they can make money, that's just gravy. No, now I'm not saying that there that 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 there's not a feedback loop here, but like that's all that's, that's just, all I'm saying, man. That's all. Like, yeah, I don't need to attribute actual evil intent to the people who are selling Barbie dolls to girls. Why are the science toys marketed so much toward boys? Is it, as you seem to be saying, because boys are naturally more interested in science? I didn't say naturally. I said they're more likely to buy those, why? those toys. I don't know why. That's not but, a, the concern of the marketer. But no, that's the, the fundamental The, the concern issue. of the marketer I'm not is a marketer, who I'm is a more likely to buy the toys. But why are they more likely to buy those toys? That's the heart of the question that we're talking about. Why are boys more likely to be interested in science toys? I, I probably through some combination of brain wiring and socialization. So would you disagree that social, with that? That socialization part is exactly yes. what I'm talking about. That's what you fucking keep saying is not true. 
That's the I whole didn't say it wasn't true. I never said it wasn't true. I uh-huh. think it is true. <laughs> I can't wait to put out this episode. It's just, it's just. I it's cannot just, wait. I can't wait. <laughs> you really have talk about throwing me under the bus. Like this, you've taken that. You've to done a, new a pretty level. good job on your own. I got to say, yeah. I, I, I want a daughter who who is just as confident as the boys in her college class, who is willing to talk just as much, to disagree just as much, to feel like she's making a valuable contribution, like that she can be the leader of men, that she doesn't have to be worried about being called a bitch when a man would be called like just a strong leader. All of these things, I think, so are I want communicated. all of those things too, right? What does it have to do with what, you know, whether they play with American girls or, or Legos or G.I. Joes or whatever that i think that gender roles and stereotypes are communicated very efficiently at that early age and that the gender roles that are communicated tend to be along the lines of women being more passive less exploratory less assertive um and that the men are the ones doing the exploration and the leadership and the it's again it's not about american girls it's about just in general well no it is when you're talking about concrete steps that you might want to take to address the situation yeah yeah so, i don't know are, are is are there studies documenting the link between toy playing and not feeling underconfident when you're in class or not wanting to um go into certain subjects or wanting to go into other subjects more than others i i don't know of of studies that link directly to toy play i mean what you would want to show is that you you would um you know i'm sure there are correlational studies but that's not good enough right you want to show that that exposing girls to certain kinds of toys changes their attitudes uh, i mean at the end of the day we just agree, like we obviously agree that we don't want our daughters to be weak little Right. Here, let me play you something, Dave. I think this will settle our disagreement <laughs> right now. Hey, Dave, you think that girls who play with dolls aren't good at math? Well, I love dolls, and my math teacher called me a genius because I figured out a super hard problem that even the teacher couldn't figure out. And I got a 99 in both math and science on my report card. Oh, and don't dismiss this as anecdotal. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so, you know, first of all, Liza's great. Uh, 99 on a report card in math and science. Those were her highest grades. I, I'm confused. Three com- or four in English or something like I'm that. I'm confused about your desire for me not to take that as anecdotal evidence when that is the definition of anecdotal. Well, that's, that, those were her words. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure she spontaneously inserted that. Um, I do think we might have a different view. We like do. We do said, because like, because there is just so much good data on the early influence of this stuff. There's just so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not denying that. And there's obviously biological differences. Like my daughter, just I wrestle with her every you know every day until she was six. But like it's not like she's watching wrestling. There just are right. Like I mean that's the thing, and that's not a. Like what if it's what if it were true that there are real biological dispositions so that women just don't want to get into science? Would that be bad? So let's just say that that was the case. Yeah, no, right? it I'm wouldn't, not saying it is, it but let's just say it were it was. It wouldn't be. So uh, my only claim is that we don't know yet because we've stacked the deck against them. So there is something to the fact that more and more women over the years have become scientists. So right. I, I just don't think we're at the point where where we are constructing a society where it really would be, you know, it may very well be that the preference, I, I am a strong believer in these biological differences, you know, like men are, men are going to be more violent biologically on average. So, but I just think that we still have stacked the deck and as evidence of that, like I think in, in the last hundred years, since we've given them the vote. <laughs> Um, things have changed no 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 but it's interesting that you think that it wouldn't be a bad thing if women were just biologically disposed not to not that of course these things are all average you know these are things are all on average right yeah but you don't think it would be a bad thing if they were biologically disposed not to like science then they there's plenty of other jobs for them to do right but you think it is really bad that they are socialized to not Right. I want uh, I, I don't not, want the uh, reason that, that they don't like science to be because like from very early on I discouraged them. But you don't mind if biology is 
No. We this just, is that 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 sort of Kantian thing that made no sense. I'm not pretending that. No, that made it's any not Kant. It's not Kantian. It's because it, because the biological stuff can't be that that strong as to account for like these vast difference in careers. It's like saying like. Well, you know, like on average, I'm African American. No, my point is that you seem to think there's a big difference between morally between whether something is the result of biology and something is the result of so- socialization. Yeah, because if the socialization is what's giving rise to inequality, and I can change the socialization, then. But, but the, but it's not inequality, right? I mean, like it's just if it's if this is biological, right? Yeah. Assuming it was biological, then women would just be disposed to want other jobs. Yeah. So there's nothing I could do. There's nothing that I could do to change that. You know, it's sort of what you what you you're getting at in in our nudge episode where you're talking about all things being equal. What would you want, right? What's your second order desire? What's your tr- true self desire? I think that if we if we fuck up the socialization such that we make the women's second order desires to not want that stuff, then we've never given, we've never given them a true chance to choose. And I want autonomous decisions on the part of women. If that, if they're biologically pulled, so be it. Like they're biologically pulled to, to do a lot of things like, you know, have sex with men and have babies. But I don't want it to be that it's my socialization that has been masking this like that, that I've never allowed them to form a preference in the yeah, absence. I, I get that. It's just interesting that you separate morally the biology from Well, because the I'm blaming the agents of socialization. Who am I going to blame in the biological? I mean, Darwin, you know? So, so, but this is what I mean. So when I say, is it a bad thing that if, if women are biologically disposed to not be as excited and not want to go into science, I, I don't mean, is there anybody to blame? I mean, is that unfortunate or is it oh, no. fine? I mean, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, but then why isn't it fine if it, if it's socialized that. because the source because the source of their preference has been a constraint on their autonomy that i've imposed due to socialization people but then never shouldn't want to be... it also be bad in the case of the biology even though there's nobody to blame in that case like there is in the socialization case so I mean, you're you're equating their biology with their autonomy i mean what do you mean bad do, do you would you think it's unfortunate that women are w- biologically less disposed to want to go into science. I might think it's unfortunate, but I wouldn't think that it's a morally bad thing, right? It's like, um, suppose that, let's take race. There are very few African-Americans who are engineers. You could argue that it's just biologically based, that there are racial differences, right? And so all I want is the true test. Like in the absence of external constraints, like uh, poor education early on, economic inequality, I want to know what those African-Americans would really want to do in the absence of me forcing them in some way or another. And I don't think that we've done that with women. So, of course, I think that it would be kind of sad if just by their nature, black people didn't want to be engineers. But like far less sad than I would be if it's because I've been oppressing them. Yeah, I I, I don't it's I I mean, I I agree. I, I, I kind of share your intuition, but it's. But you have to admit it's weird, right? That you will it's a, it's that little, you will equate uh, that you will equate the person's autonomy with something that doesn't actually exist, which is their biology without any socialization. So here's maybe here's the way that that I would put it. What I would be sad about is if there were people who weren't achieving their potential. Feels like science and being a their professor. biological potential. Yeah, their their the potential of their mind. What you want to create is a society where intelligent people would do those things that challenge them and that rise to the top. But there are many ways to flourish. Maybe this is part of your just science. You think that the only way to flourish and fulfill your potential as a human being is to be a good scientist. No. There are many ways to fulfill your potential. And my question is, would it be sad if women were less disposed to want to fulfill their intellectual potential in science than they were in other fields? My mental image is that of somebody who would have thrived and loved science, but were never given the opportunity. Who's the, 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 the person that would have? The person, is, is that just their biology minus any socialization? Is it the person minus sort of a socialization that didn't reinforce stereotypes? Is it, I mean, like, I, what's I, your baseline for what that person would want? So I agree with you that it's hard to, to imagine 
what a pure preference is outside of biology or socialization is, well, but impossible. that's problematic with your with your view as well, right? I mean, we're we're positing that there are preferences. So I think that if there is such a thing as an innate preference, right? So if there's an innate preference that women want to cook and men don't, um, if if that were actually true, it would be far less sad to me that the distribution of of cooks were gender were, were gender unequal. But if you had two societies, one in which there was no pressure on one side or another for women to be cooks and men not to be, um, you had an equal distribution of men and female, ma- male and female cooks, then I would say, well, it appears this is not bi- it's not biology and that there would be a whole bunch of people who would otherwise be chefs and really love that. And we have constructed a society where we're not allowing those people to satisfy their, their preferences, even if they don't yet know that they had those preferences. Right. So I just don't like the otherwise, I guess, is the thing. Two societies, right? Two kind of ideal societies. One in which, as a matter of biology, as a matter of innate preferences, women don't want to be great scientists. Instead, they want to really succeed in other fields like education or I don't know. That's what they biologically predispose to want to succeed in, and that's how they flourish, and that's how they find intellectual fulfillment. That's one, and, and, and so they do. And so more men go into science and more men and more women go into the humanities, into education, et cetera. And then this other society where uh, – so biologically everybody is equal, but there's this sort of unconscious socialization that goes on at, 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 in their children. And same thing. More women end up wanting to go into social work and education and the humanities, and more men want to go into math and science and those STEM things. But – in both, ca- in both societies, when uh, a man wants to go into education and a woman wants to go into science, that there's no prejudice or there's no bias, right? Well, Why is one of those better than the other? Because you're ignoring, you're ignoring a, very, like, a, a very basic part of the distinction between biology and socialization, which is in one case you're positing preferences that are stable and can't be changed and are present at birth. In another one, you're positing a set of preferences that have been socialized. And so, but why is it one morally superior to the other? That's what I don't get. Because although you're right that maybe it's more flexible in uh, I guess, society, I guess in both I, cases, both men and women are being fulfilled intellectually, and they're not being discriminated against. I take it for granted that, uh, that there's no reason to, to construct a society in which you, autom- you build into it a biased set of options. What, what would be the point of that? Right? Why? Why would you construct a society where? Well, you, you're not constructing the society. The society just is that way. That is the yeah. way in which we find society. But the whole point of it being socialization is that it can be changed. But why would you want it to be changed? Because if you can change, isn't it just a given that you would want? If it could, if you could easily change it so that that both men and women were given equal options to be chefs and scientists. No, no, no. They're, they're still given equal options. No, just that's the whole point. The whole point is that they're not their because... preferences in both cases, in both cases, in the biology case and in the socialization case, there are women and, who want to uh, go into the sciences and they are not discriminated against and they are treated just the same as all the men are. Because in the case of socialization, is a critical to what we mean by socialization that they will want to go into science. No, no, but I, I, as I'm sure you understand, it's not deterministic in either case, in the biology it's case or the social. It's, prob- it's probabilistic, it's right? pro- Yeah, but in one case, you can probabilistically change it very easily. But why, 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 what's the premise, the normative premise behind why you would want to change it? Because people are still getting to do what they want to do they, in but, both cases. Because what they want to do is shaped by socialization. That, I don't see but why, why don't, is that bad? But that's When fi- it's not bad that they, what they want to do is shaped by their biology. That's, that's it's, fine. It's fine to ask me why is it bad to shape people's wants differently. No, but no, no. Why is it bad that their wants are being shaped? Not that somebody is sitting there like Mr. Burns and shaping them. But why but, is it bad? Our, our wants are shaped uh, by socialization but all the not, time. But Every single person. Shaped, your wants, my wants. But they're not they're all, shaped so asymmetrically based on gender. That's just a basic point of fairness. 
Why? But, why would we? Sit- why is that fair? Why is it unfair? They're still getting both both people, both men and women, are still getting to do what they want to do. No, but men you say, but not- you keep saying that, but like. You keep saying they're getting to do what they want to do, but the whole point is When you is ask that them, are you doing what you want to do, they say yes. So when they fine. think about, am I doing what I want to do, they say yes. Okay. In society, you have, uh, you have black and white. And in the black communities, uh, they value basketball playing. They value hustling. Um, they value all of these things. And when you ask them, what do you want to do? They say, I want to play basketball or I want to sell drugs. Surely, surely it's obvious to you that we've shaped... You're not equating selling drugs and going into No, education. I'm equating the shaping of preferences. That's the whole point. This is what's at... But they if you want. shape an inner city child's preferences to want to go to college and succeed, is that Why? a bad thing when they would ordinarily... Is that no, bad? that's a good thing. But right now they don't have those wants. That's exactly the point. The whole point is we should shape inner city kids to want to go to college more than they do. And it's not sufficient to say, well, I asked 21-year-old Tyrone and he says he doesn't want to go to college. So no, we're no, not. But what, matters, but what matters is what the thing is that they want to do. It doesn't matter whether they're being socialized or not. You should socialize people to want to do the things that, are, that will fulfill them and make them happy and successful. Right. But in both cases, men and women in my two imagined ideal societies are having that. So no, I don't I, get the, I, pro- I don't, the I don't, problem isn't the socialization. You just admitted it because you want to socialize inner city impoverished children to want to go to college more, and succeed. No, what you want to do is give them more options. You don't want them to only want to be basketball players and rappers. The whole point is, I think, that if we want autonomous agents and we realize that we're shaping people to have asymmetric wants, why would we keep doing that? Like, why not shape them well, so, that, so that all options are available to them? That's, I mean, you know that, right? It's just not going to be the case for any person that they're going to equally want to do all things. You don't have to. Right? I, don't have, I don't have to have the outcome that they equally want something. What I want is a society in which it's not so obviously asymmetric that we're shaping the preferences of young boys to do one thing. That, by the way, society values a lot more. And Unless it's biological, then you're okay with it. Of course, but we haven't. We don't know that yet, and we won't know it until we but, have the absence uh, but, of constraints. But, but Dave, do you understand that my why, like where my puzzlement lies? It's why you're okay with it, and you see nothing wrong with it if it's biological. It's not that I see nothing wrong see, with it. It's that what the so fuck is the, what the fuck do you do if it's biological? Tamar? So that's okay. That's all I wanted to know is. Just do you find that there's something wrong with that society where it's biological? But what do you mean by wrong? I already said it's unfortunate. I just don't get why that's so unfortunate. This is the thing. I don't get why that's so unfortunate. But that's fine, Tamler. But we don't have a society yet in which we've even tested this when it comes to men and women. No, like, no, but, but to even want to address the problem, you have to think it's wrong and unfortunate that men and women would want to do different things. That's like your baseline. That's unfortunate that men and women no, are more – that men are more disposed to want to do this and women no, are more disposed no, to want to do that. What's unfortunate is if you have that and you have a strong set of, of evidence that the reason is – because of asymmetric pressures in early childhood and schooling. That's what's wrong. So it's not wrong on its own. It's only wrong if it comes but about what, what in a certain way. what do you mean way. on its own? Of course, like, of course, dude, like, it's like saying, like, if a hurricane kills people, is that wrong? Well, in some sense, but if, if a human no, kills people. No, no, but people, that's bad. That's obviously, unf- that's the, uh, really bad uh, if a hurricane kills people. Of course it's bad. It's not but it's, really bad if, I don't see why it's really bad. But if, that's fine. If, I don't need if, to if grant. If women want to do, I, if women want to do a different thing than men want I don't to need do. to grant that, all I need to grant is that it's bad if the, if that is true and it's because we're socializing them that way. That's all I need to grant. I just don't get what, like, it just seems like either it's bad or it's not. That's stupid, dude. That's like saying, it's like, of course it's bad when people die in a hurricane, but it's worse if there was a mass murderer that you could have stopped. Is it bad that more women want to have sex with men and more men want to have sex with women? Is that a bad thing? Is that a hurricane thing? Is that something that if we could stop (sighs) it, we should stop? No. I guess guess this is the part of the argument that that I assumed would be completely true that the asymmetry 
is in societally valued, high prestige, high ability jobs, right? That's what's behind this whole thing. You assume that unless you're like successful in science and math, you're not no, really dude, prestigious like, and successful. That's of course not. Let's say there are two there's like a population A and population B. They're slightly biologically different. Population A is nothing but pooper scoopers. Population B are like the people who run society. Okay? Is it a bad thing that that's a distribution? Well, I you know, it seems unfortunate but it really is most unfortunate if the reason that the society is distributed this way is that population B tells population A, since they're babies, that they should want to be pooper scoopers, that they should, de- and they develop like by the time they're five, they're saying that they want to be pooper scoopers. Okay. okay. So this is this is a bringing in a whole new element into it. I, I wasn't assuming not going into the sciences with being like pooper scoopering. This um, is like the value aspect of it. So. So I guess that that maybe we haven't started from the same point. That's that's why I tried to get you to admit that that sexism was bad. Maybe it's it maybe it's not sexism. It's not sexism when people want to do different things. That's not sexism. Okay. Sexism is when one person wants to do this other thing, and the other, and then the person of one sex says, "No, you can't do it because you're uh, a girl or because you are a boy." That's sexism. It's not sexism when they just don't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> is that and it's not sexism if you raise your girl to only want to do something? No, no, you don't raise them. You raise them to do what the whatever what they want to do. And you don't you, try to now prejudice you're, it one now way or you're, the other. Now you're assuming that there is some sort of platonic desire that's there. That that what do you mean raise them to do whatever? You influence their choices. There's not like a but you don't think that aspect, you don't think that right? women you on average are in fewer leadership roles that are valued by society. This isn't about science versus humanity. That, that's true. There are fewer, that, and that I would agree with you. Well, that, Unlike the thing, the sciences. But thing, what? Why are you I getting would agree so that hit that's, on, a, that's an unfortunate thing. You're but, losing potential there. But, my argument has never been about the specifics of science versus the humanities. I don't know what the argument. That's been your whole argument. That, that was an example that I used. Says. That's the example. <laughs> How does chemistry set acquire oh like, my God. match up with leadership? Oh my God! That's where... you, did you think that my argument was simply about chemistry? Because I no, said chemistry. I thought sets? it was about getting women into the math and sciences. Because that's what you kept saying. That's my example. Because that's so clearly what marketing is about. But like, don't that's you? That's a morally neutral thing. What? Uh, well, you know what's, what what's not more, you, you know what's not morally into. neutral though is when when uh, there are women who have been socialized to, to uh, actually want to go into science, and now they go into science, and now it's a or they go into philosophy, and it's a bunch of dudes who are treating them like shit. I completely agree. Right, but that's not right. at all what we're well, talking about. Well, if you had a society We're talking in about which, whether they want to do no, that in the first place. No, we're not. Oh, my God. There is, no, there is no want aside from socialization and biology, right? The whole question is— Right. The question but there is, is a difference between someone going into them and it's a bunch of dudes, like, mistreating them and discriminating against them and not wanting to go into it in the first place. You agree that there's a difference, Right. Between those two things, wanting to go into something and being mistreated and not wanting to go into that thing. Yeah, but I can't believe I have to spell out the connection to you. Like the the whole connection is that if you socialize women not to want to go into philosophy, if 80% of women are socialized not to want to go into philosophy, 20% somehow evade this and they develop a desire to go into philosophy, they come into the field of philosophy and they are now at a significant disadvantage. Like I, I don't – why do I have Just to spell out that numbers. Link? Right, absolutely. You don't think that it's a more hostile environment because of just sheer numbers for in engineering and philosophy in Senate? It doesn't matter what we're talking about. We're talking about— Look, this is the one missing link that you've never said, is that you need equal numbers so that there's no discrimination, <laughs> you don't, or I don't, roughly equal numbers. I don't know, but what, but what I do know is that there are— there are. But that's a huge premise, because if that's not true, then there's no I don't, moral I don't reason at that, all. I don't think that my argument about— socializing women to not be leaders, for instance, telling them like the messages that you've we never give young brought, girls. This is the first time you've mentioned the word leader. It doesn't matter, Tamla. We're talking about just desires for society. Like why does it hinge on whether it's math or, or going into Congress? Does, does it really matter because, to you because that it does, because there are certain things that it doesn't matter whether a person what a person wants? Fine, like, it's fine. Do you think? That, do you really that think? It does matter. Fine, but do you really think that society's gender roles have cut so neatly into things that matter versus don't matter? No. 
in, indiscriminately, we tend to shape women in a certain way through early socialization such that they're less likely to do all kinds of things that we value in society, for whether it be running for office or whether it be being an engineer. Whether or not they want to go into politics is probably substantially shaped by the messages we give them as young women and as little girls. That's fine. But this is – I wish that that had been what we were arguing about but why, instead but of the, the sciences. This is why you – seem you, to think those two things are the same. We, ta- we were talking about the sciences the entire time. Yeah, and but, I don't, but that seems so – so that seems like you were just motivated by the science argument. Like we never – No, no, no. But no, but your you your article about. was in general about preference. I mean your argument was in general about preferences. And about whether no 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 I don't think it's yes. a bad thing if pre- if some preferences are socially are so why is it a bad thing why is it a bad thing if women are shaped to not want to be in Congress is it a bad thing for you if, if they're socialized yeah. not to want to I guess yes because then why interest- no but there's a concrete reason for that because then a certain a certain big group of people their interests won't be represented in a political system it's not it's just not bad. If you think men can't represent the interests of women, not not yeah not not entirely no. Okay, what so. about if is there a society in which women just don't care? If then their interests aren't being represented so what, in ways that harms them otherwise, then that would be bad. So then, what would you do? So then, I would be more in favor of. I mean, I wouldn't be all the way to your kind of totalitarian tendencies, but I would be more. If we're talking about things like leadership and political leadership, I would be more inclined to try to address the social. So uh, here's my domain. So then, my domain general point is that we should make society such that we construct it such that. All options are available for their biological and individual personality differences to be able to drive things if they want to. If they want to go into Congress, they can go. If they don't, they don't. If they want to go into science, they can. If they want to go into sports, they can. That's all I want is a society in which we're not clearly shoving women into one set of things versus another. I think that we're on the same page. You wouldn't want your daughter to play with the Barbie that said math is hard. Math is hard, right? So then what do we disagree about? If we do disagree at all, it's that uh, I don't feel like I need to give my daughter a balanced, like I, a balanced toy diet. I think that her toys are fine. All right, well, I think we actually resolved this. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I still think I'm right. I mean, if by, if by being right you mean you finally came around to my view, then I, I agree that you're right. Maybe you just have a better way of trying to make your view conform to exactly what you think the academic community wants you to say. No, no, I just actually know some of the empirical work on the way that that genders. I guess you're definitely, if you do, keeping it to yourself. (laughs) All right, well, join us next time for... This might be our last episode, you know? I mean, I'm just deflated about this. I am too. (laughs) We're sorry. We'll do better. We'll try to do better next time. We're, uh, you know. Uh, You know what? uh, Maybe it's a good time to say email us or tweet us topic suggestions some of you have already, but you know. Yeah. Rate us on iTunes, not just on the basis of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Try to do better next time.